0: This message is brought to you by Living Faith Church. You can find us on the web at livingbyfaith.com. Father, we just thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness. Thank you for your presence. Thank you that it's wave after wave after wave, and, and even now the current is continuing. It's not really a switch. It's still wave after wave, and we're really grateful for that, Father God. We're grateful for the way that you are guiding us and teaching us and nurturing us, just nurturing us in such a beautiful atmosphere. And So we just allow this evening to continue with the truth. We allow the truth to manifest in a multiplicity of ways here tonight, Father God. Thank you, Lord. I'm always so fascinated by um, just how God moves and um, how he teaches us new things about his movement and um, prepares our hearts. He's so gracious to prepare our hearts. You know, we think, well... Let me get in the word. Let me go to so let me go to church on Sunday. Let me worship. Let me pray. Let me whatever, whatever our thing is that we think, okay, this is going to help me be able to receive what God wants to do in the earth. And the truth is, it's not us preparing ourselves. It's him grooming us and nurturing us and opening our hearts up. And um, yes, there are things we do that that allow him to. But if we can understand that it's actually Him even provoking us or prompting us to go different directions. Have you ever thought of that? I think it's so beautiful that, you know, for me to think about, oh, I want to have quiet time in the morning. I think I had that idea, you know. I didn't have that idea. That wasn't my idea. You know, it wasn't my idea to pursue, like, what is this thing I've heard about praying in tongues? You know, I'm thinking, I'm pursuing it because I want to pray for my siblings. It wasn't me figuring that out. And I I think the more that I get to know God and the more that I get to know myself, I'm realizing just how deeply embedded and rooted and with me and in me he is. And I think the more that I realize that, the more relaxed I become. And when I get a little hyped because... Any of you that know me, I can get hyped now because I, I got to focus and I love Jesus and I love truth, but he just comes wave after wave and calms us. And um, I just marvel at that. And I was thinking, you know, toward the end of worship, I was thinking where scripture speaks about when certain things were taking place and um, Jesus or the disciples would say, The kingdom has come near you. Basically saying, The kingdom's manifesting here. What's happening, what you're seeing, if healing was manifesting, the kingdom is manifesting. You know, if, if peace comes, if I'm in turmoil one moment and my brain feels chaos, chaotic, and then something from truth or just a movement of spirit inside my heart calms me, the kingdom just manifested. And so we've been in, in a space looking at the kingdom and, um, I wanna, I wanna go somewhere tonight, and what I, what I feel like God wants to do is really simplify a couple of things with that, because the Word is deep, and the Word is profound, and the impetus of God in truth is beyond man's understanding. It's His power in these truths. It's, it's, you cannot figure it out with your brain. You know, we can figure doctrine out. We can learn doctrine. But have you ever noticed that as you move from church to church, everybody's perception is slightly different? So I don't think any of us have really figured it out. Because we all have a human perspective on the doctrine of God. Which is why he's so gracious to give us his spirit, to cause us to be reborn, to cause us to come awake to truth. And so... um, I'm very much into the truth that there's the things of God can feel so mystical, magical, mysterious, all these different things. And yet he says, come like children. Um, so I feel like there are times that God just wants to come and demystify things for us, simplify things for us. Um, so I want to go to Romans 14, 17 and, um, I love this scripture. It's one of the major kingdom scriptures, but, um, I love, um, I love how Paul starts out. This is in, um, a space, I mean, in a a passage of scripture that's called the law of love. And I love how Paul starts out that, um, he's, he's talking to the church in Rome and he's telling them that really there's nothing unclean of itself. I mean, I'm I'm glad it's so people here tonight, because if you say that to, to just the church at large, they'd be like, what? You mean I've been denying myself all this time? <laughs> no, seriously, but, but this is what he starts out. But then he gets into this profound teaching. I mean, all of his teaching is profound. But when you get down to the 17th verse, he says, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. He's he's painting pictures. Remember that words always paint pictures. And God, when he inspired the the word of God, knowing that it was going to be used to minister to humans. I mean, think for a minute, someone who wants to communicate something, especially God, he's thinking in terms of, I'm communicating this to humans, but I'm God. So I want to paint pictures for them that they can comprehend. So Paul starts teaching about it's the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking. It's not, um, I'm going to stretch that, okay? Because he's painting a picture of it's not the natural stuff. Because they had thought, well, some eat this and some don't eat that. And if you eat this, you're a sinner. And, and if you, just all the patterns of natural behavior. Are you all with me? So that's what he's addressing here is, okay, let me simplify the kingdom for you. So, if we say it's not about eating and drinking, we could say, and don't take license to not do these things because I'm using them as an example. We could say it's not about tithing. It's not about church attendance. It's not about your morning devotion. It's not about your denomination. It's not about going to church at all, the kingdom. And you guys have probably heard me say before, because Pastor Barry said this all the time. The kingdom's not in the church. The church is in the kingdom, which means the kingdom's way bigger than the church. You know, sometimes when, well, it was, I'll just speak about me. It was for me. Things like that, statements like that were disturbing to me when I first got baptized in the spirit and came into, um, what, what back then we would call word and faith. That was disturbing to me. Things like that, because my foundations were shaking. I had a lot of confidence in my Christianity from a church perspective, but I didn't really know God outside of a church perspective. Take a deep breath. <sighs> You can even laugh for a minute if you want. You can do a nervous laugh. You can do anything you want because it's time for us to get past some of these perspectives because that's what causes us to either receive or not receive people that are all around us in order to see God and his goodness. And if all we have is a church perspective, many of those people, I just want to enlighten you all, they may never come to a church. But it doesn't mean they can't come to God. So so let's look. I'm going to do a couple of um, translations, and then I'm going to break down a couple of these words. And I believe I'll have time to do it um, because I, I want to take some things out of the dark and bring the simplicity. God has given us such a blessing. I was even thinking when I went to the restroom to put my mic on, I was thinking how beautiful that God literally chose to give Jesus to simplify everything for us. To take the works out of it to take the striving and trying so hard to measure up. He said, no, I'm going to wipe all of that away and I'm going to come to you intimately so you can personally understand. So you can personally understand, not just corporately understand, so that you can personally understand me. Are you all with me? Because this is crazy good stuff. Okay, so... The New King James version of Romans 14:17 is um, stated this way: "The kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit." And we're going to break that down a little bit, because that's wonderful. I've heard that all my life, all my Christian life, since I was a little girl. The Passion translation says, "For the kingdom of God is not a matter of rules about food and drink." And I'm all stretch out, about rules about anything. It's not about rules. If it were about rules, he already knows we can't keep them. Israel proved that. And that's what the law was about. It wasn't about something for them to live by. It was about them realizing you can't live by what are my standards. You can only live by faith in me. And I'm going to throw this out here. I just feel to throw this out here. And this, this is a dangerous thing to throw out here. I just want to share with you that the Ten Commandments aren't for you. They were for Israel. I'm just saying. You know, take a deep breath on that one. Because some people freak out on that one. But that's the truth. They were for Israel. and, And they were his interactions with that nation. It's not that the principles that are spoken of in the Ten Commandments aren't the way that our lives should be held. You know, that the standard... But the standard can only come by Jesus, by his spirit. And so it's very important that we don't try to take things that were never meant for the life we now live and do them alone. Because that's what can happen. That's, that's the law. That's going back under the law. And we're not, humans weren't built to live under a law. They were built from the very beginning. Adam and Eve were having intimate relationship with God. That was God's intention. Intimacy, personal relationship. Okay, y'all with me? Um, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of rules about food and drink, but is in the realm of the Holy Spirit, filled with righteousness, peace, and joy. So that even breaks the communication down to the point where the kingdom is a realm filled with righteousness, peace, and joy. It's not something... We have to live by and we have to make ourselves righteous. We have to um, literally struggle to stay in peace, like stay in peace, Kathy, stay in peace. Don't take that thought. Don't don't just resist that. Don't don't partner with that. All of those phrases are right. But when I do it by my own power, I don't do it. I do it for a moment until I get the feeling again. You with me? So let's look at the words. The word kingdom is Basileia. And this is this is the definition, but I'm going to delve into it a little bit. The definition of Basileia is royalty, rule, or a realm of a reign. Think about it. A realm of a reign. Is it the realm of our reign? It's not a trick question. No, because it's always existed. The kingdom is not something just material. It can now manifest materially. But God's realm has always been God's realm. God has never not existed. God's rule. God has never not been God. You can't comprehend that here. You believe it by faith here, right? I mean, the thought that he always has been. that like, I, I actually like to trip out over things like that. I like to sit. And freak my brain out and take thoughts that make me stretch out of the norm. Make me say, I honestly thank you, Father, but I can't believe this on my own. Because then what does he come? He comes with other scriptures. And honestly, please hear my heart. Don't just come to so on Wednesday nights. No matter who's teaching or what they're bringing, make notes. Go away from here with one salient thought, at least one salient thought that you're going to take and think on through the week, a scripture that you're going to think on, because God In our lives, he puts things together. He builds this magnificent puzzle of understanding. And if you took all the parts apart, they would mean nothing. But when you put each breath, each moment, each time and so on Wednesday night, each time in church on Sunday, each time you worship at home or read the Bible at home, he's building something. He's never doing anything that's not significant. Never. It's never insignificant to stop. And take a breath and say, you're here, Jesus. That is not insignificant. That's a salient, sound thought. You with me? Okay. So it's a a realm of a reign. It's also from a Greek word that means a foundation of power. Remember that the words that these writers, you believe that the word of God is inspired? It's inerrant and inspired. Okay, so he inspired these people to use certain words from their own language of the day. Knowing how those words would be defined in future dictionaries and how future individuals would perceive these words, look them up in dictionaries. If you look a word up in a dictionary, God knew you would do it. Sometimes he will cause a word to jump off the page to me and I pick my phone up and go to a dictionary. Because he's going to say something to me. He did it with significance the other day. And I ended up down this beautiful path. Of encouragement. Okay. So it's a foundation of power. It's a sovereign or king. Thus royal power. See God knows when you think royal. You think somebody higher than me. Somebody that's got more authority than me. Someone with more power than me. These are the things where. This is what I love. God's the one who ordained that words would paint pictures. God built us specifically with an intellect that would vision visually process words and communication. We all do it different, but he knew that words would come and do stuff inside of us. He knew that certain words would really cause your heart to explode with joy. He also knew that certain other words would take you down. He knew that's why it was never ordained for man to have knowledge of both good and evil. It was not ordained, but that was not God's purpose or his intention. But he knew we would. So before anything existed in the material world, he'd already made the plan of escape and resurrection. He'd already made redemption. How good is that guys? I mean, what if my parents had, before they ever thought about having me, they had planned and had a bank account and everything for all my mistakes to pay whatever thing they had to pay. And they had already, you know, gotten all the joy inside of them. So when I acted like a -a lunatic, it wouldn't have made them crazy. What if they had done all that? Well, that's what father God did. He already had everything planned out so that he was not going to get upset. He already knew I'm going to redeem them. I'm going to literally put my blood, my life on the line and wipe away the mistakes, all the mistakes they would ever do. For all of humanity, for all of time. Come on, guys. We're about to hit Resurrection Sunday. I'm going to tell you what. Let yourself explode with worship and thanksgiving before we ever get to Sunday. Because every day is Resurrection Day for me. Every single day is Resurrection Day. Because honestly, if I fell prey to the consequence of my own thoughts daily, I would go up and smoke that fast. Anybody else have crazy thoughts sometimes? You know, somebody works your last nerve. Ever had really a thought that you would not want anyone to think you ever thought as a Christian? Come on. It's called it humanity. So a sovereign or king, thus royal power, the kingdom of God is the sphere in which at any given time his rule is acknowledged. Do you know that the devil knows his rule and the devil and any demons can't cross his rule? I'm going to clarify that they can't cross his rule. They need us. They need humans that have been given full authority in this realm. When God spoke to Adam, he didn't say, take dominion. He said, have dominion. Have it. It's yours. Have it. Okay, so I'm going to, this is a note. Don't freak out because I'm going to use the word obedience. God seeks willing obedience. Therefore, he does not impose absolute power on humans in this earthly realm. If he did, we'd all go up and smoke. He offers relationship. It's so beautiful. He offers relationship whereby we can get to know him. And with his love, he draws us to this willingness as as the result of us seeing his goodness in the reasons he sets boundaries for our safety. So... The rules are not really rules, and a lot of us have had a lot of discussions lately about that. Like when God says, you know, don't go there, Kathy. That's not profitable for you. He's not trying to make me not have a good time. He's not trying to make me lose out on the fun. He's not trying to make me square or um, um what would the word? I, there's a word I'm thinking about. I can't get it off my tongue. Maybe I'm not supposed to say it. But he's not hes tr- not trying to rob me of something. He's actually setting me up for success and, hear me, mental health. Mental health. It's not just, I mean, like once you're born again, your spirit is one with God. Your spirit doesn't freak out. Your soul is what gets depressed and oppressed and sad and disappointed in yourself, right? So God sets these boundaries, but he's looking for willing obedience he wants us to lean in that's why i really feel like he wanted me to unpack a little bit tonight on on romans 14 17 about the kingdom because this realm is filled with the capacity for us to have ability to live life on planet earth okay here's the thing with that note um, the same word, Basileia, that was used in Romans 14, 17 is also used in Luke 17, 21. For the kingdom of God is within you. And another translation says it's in the midst of you. So think about this. If, if the, all, the whole realm of God is a realm that's larger than life. That's a way we could put it, right? It paints pictures. The kingdom of God is larger than life. It's not just a, um, a continent. You know, it's not like certain square mileage. It's not even material geographic location. It's everywhere because God, Jesus Christ, is that domain. I'm saying things that you're probably thinking, I don't understand how to picture that. Just ponder in these kind of scriptures because he wants to take each one of us into an understanding that we don't try to make ourselves. We start relaxing down into it. If you get on a roller coaster, you are not going to like in your own self, Be at least me, be able to think, oh, I'm so not afraid. I just love this. This is wonderful. No, you trust that it's built properly. You get down in it. You trust that the buckles that they buckle you in with, it's all going to work. All I'm saying is buckle yourself into this for the ride of your life. And it doesn't matter, you can enjoy it, even knowing you're going to have some things that where it feels like you're dropping. Boom. But you're going to come up the other side. It's a promise. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Okay, so um, so that's the same word in that scripture. Now let's look at eating and drinking. I didn't put the Greek word here, um, but it's the natural act of eating and drinking. A picture's painted that the kingdom is about far more than natural behaviors. However, when he fills your life, your natural behaviors will begin to express truth. It's supernatural. It's not a work. You know, you can do the work of the word every day without the spirit. With, you're not doing the supernatural aspects, but you can read this word and act it out. Go to church, tithe, love other people. I put it in air quotes. Hey, you love, love other people. Probably 75% of you got a picture of somebody. Oh. But think about that. It's, it's about far more. So there's a picture being painted. Paul is painting for the church at Rome a picture that it's a domain that's bigger than you can imagine. And it's a domain that really does not depend on your eating and drinking correctly. You're living your life correctly. It doesn't depend on that. So now we get into righteousness. Because this is what the kingdom is. Righteousness. dikasune And it's equity. Of character or an act. It's equity. When we do things because we believe we're leaning into God. We believe God said, go this way, Kathy. Go to church on Sunday. Don't stay home. Alone. There's equity in that decision. Because he's guiding me. I want you to understand some of these simple things I said that it doesn't depend on us going to church. That's not our relationship with God. However, when we begin to lean into these things that are profitable, something way more powerful than human obedience kicks in. I'm going to breathe right now. Because the room feels real still. It's specifically justification. I've had that word defined for me in an under, not understandable, but a, an intellectual way since I was eight years old. Never grasped it. Still, when I think about justification with the examples that I was given through my whole life, it's as if I never did anything wrong. But now where I stand, it's as if, as if I never do anything wrong. The fact that that I have been made the righteousness of God, I can live every single day saying it's as if I don't do anything wrong. So what happens there is I don't live in the paranoia that I'll miss it as a Christian. I don't have to live in concern. Am I doing your word right? Am am I walking the way you want me to walk? See, you know, when when you hit a point like for me, I'm influencing people all the time. I'm in a full-time ministry position. I have family. I have children. I have grandchildren. I have friends. I've got a mouth. I've been given a lot of words. That's scary because I'm influencing people. Anybody else scared? Anybody else want to just realize? I don't want to live in the paranoia of that. When I live with God, just I'm trusting like this. Simplicity bring a scripture and just break down those words for people just sow the seed in people's hearts that it's actually so simple just exist within a realm where he is sovereign he is king he is ruling my life I say yes you can rule my life he doesn't control me however he does influence me and impact me and there are times that his impact comes as conviction. Mmm, Kathy, you're walking way fast in a direction I never meant for you to go. He's not mad because I'm going that direction. He knows I'm going to bump into something. Are you all with me? Because this this is such a beautiful thing. This is such a gift, righteousness. So basically, even equity of character or act, he's saying, Kathy, I've declared you have good character. And when I simply stop and say, so what direction do I Do I go? How do I use? You've made me your righteousness, God. You've made me a person able to live truthfully, honestly, freely. Then see what's going to happen is as I relate to people, as I share myself, as I share relationship with others and share on the job or whatever, I can have places where I feel like "Mm, you're not being as honest as you could be here because honesty isn't all about do I steal or do I not steal? Honesty is about who do I really let them see? See, that's why I'm not afraid to stand up here and tell you all, if I were judged daily by my thoughts, you wouldn't see me anymore. I wouldn't be, I would, I would seriously, I'd be like a puff of smoke, it, but that's, it's not like he's telling me I would burn you up and you'd be, a he's not saying that to me. That's a realization of gratitude that I have, that I don't have to bank on whether I think properly every day. I simply allow him to come and tell me whether my thoughts are healthy or not. So this word righteousness, daikosune, is by implication, innocent, holy, and just. Innocent, holy, and just. That's pretty crazy. Like, that's what he says. He doesn't look at me and think, oh, well, it's a good thing I saved her with Jesus. Do you ever think, I mean, that's what maybe natural parents do. It's a good thing. I'm a merciful mother. He doesn't have those kind of thoughts toward me. Because what would happen? If I'm one with him and he has those kind of thoughts towards me, wouldn't I feel that? This word was previously spelled, you're going to love this, right wiseness. Right wiseness. It speaks of that which is consistent with his attributes and nature and promises. And if we can understand that he's really filling us with those very things. When he says, I want you to walk truthfully with others. He knows there's going to be times where we're going to tell what a lot of people on earth like to just call. It's just a little white lie. There's nothing white about a lie. And sometimes we think it's a white lie because we don't really lie. We just don't tell the whole truth. Because the whole truth might make me look bad. But we're learning, right? I think if we could realize that there's a world around us that, if we were more honest and quit trying to look like squeaky clean Christians, that they would realize they too could come into Jesus. So, this whole word, Dikusine, is that which conforms to the revealed will of God. Not In simple obedience, but in willing obedience. So if I let him influence my will with his will. If I let him speak the truth to me and say, Kathy, I love you, but I don't like what you're doing. You know, sometimes we can just sense that. You ever felt that, just that sense of, I'm feeling kind of funky with this. And it might not be me feeling funky, it might be Holy Spirit inside me. That's not really cool with where I'm at or how I'm thinking. Um so this is the cool thing. Let me let me read. I may need just like five extra minutes to get through this. Um, I want to look at 2 Corinthians 521. Um Second Corinthians five twenty one, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Same word. So this shows us that dikusene is both judicial and gracious. So it's a legal word, but it's also gracious in making us legally just. That was the working of grace. So if he's going to even say my thoughts, he's justified my thoughts. Does that mean my thoughts are always right? No. But because of grace, he's declared, I will not drop dead or fall into horrible consequence instantly because I've had a crazy thought. Now, if I persist there with my own will and just say, I'm going to do what I want. He doesn't walk away from us. He just wants us to understand because of seed time and harvest, there are consequences to human behavior. We can see it across the world. What's happening in the world, things that go on on this planet are not the punishment of God. They're the result of human decision. When you say what certain people are experiencing is God's punishment on them, make sure you read the Bible first. If Jesus really paid the price, why would he need to punish? Just saying. And where would he get sickness to punish us with or lack? Where would he get it? He doesn't have it. You're going to go borrow it from the devil? I don't think so. So God declares the believer righteous in the sense of acquitting him. You're completely acquitted. No criminal charges against you. Not now and not for your whole life. The whole time you walk planet earth, there will be no criminal charges in God's kingdom. From God, there'll be no criminal charges against you. No matter what you might do in the future, there's no criminal charges against you. That's a deal, guys. That's a gift. In the sense of acquitting him and imparts righteousness to him. That's what God does with believers. Okay, peace. That's irony is the Greek word. And it's from a verb meaning to join. This is what I love. Peace means to be joined. By implication, it's prosperity. It also means one or quietness, rest. It's to set at oneness again. Hence joined. So the peace that God's get, God gives is not simply this thing like, okay, I felt freaked out five minutes ago. And now I feel more peaceful now. No, the peace that God gives is a state of existence whereby you have been joined to the one who is peace. You've been literally made one with him. There's no enmity between you. There's no sin between you. There's, there's nothing between you and God no matter what you do the rest of your life, like this this would freak people out, but for a person that's received God and they do, let's say, the most heinous crime that exists. I I can think of one right now in my mind. I'm not going to say it out loud. You have your own thought of what that is. If that person has truly been born again, but they like flipped out, demonized, whatever, and do something crazy, God doesn't walk away. See, we don't like to think that way because we think people that really do skeezy you know really horrid crimes like they should be hung I mean I've heard Christians say that regarding a certain you know thing against children they should be hung I'm thinking did you get that from Jesus not a judgment just an observation that we need to know what what is this kingdom of which we are now a part what really takes place in this kingdom Jesus, hanging on the cross, literally looks out at the crowd that made the choice between him and an actual criminal and to choose his life to be hung and crucified, beat to a pulp that even his gender wasn't recognizable, and he looks out on that crowd and says, Father, forgive them, they don't know what they're doing. And I think that's some of it too. We don't know. We don't really know. I mean, we know, oh, I shouldn't be doing that. We don't really know how detrimental that is to us and everybody that walks with us in certain places. Are y'all with me? Because this isn't a judgment of anybody or any sin. This is just, we need to understand this kingdom is beautiful and rich and vast, and he wants us to understand we are a part of that kingdom. So this piece, we're joined. Romans fourteen nineteen. 19. Um, so then make it your top priority to live a life of peace. With harmony in your relationships, eagerly seeking to strengthen and encourage one another. You see, we can't do that naturally. We have to do that whereby we say, Lord, I'm going to walk at peace with you. I'm going to know that you've you made me clean. You've made me pure. I'm at peace with you. You're not checking me. You're not even thinking like, okay, Kathy, you're being a good girl right now, but I happen to know what you're going to do next Thursday. You know, ever like suspicion, like he's a suspicious father. Like, I know you're good now, but I know your patterns, and I know they're not all gone yet. You haven't sozoed them all away. He doesn't live with us like that. We need to understand he is not a natural parent. He is a king, a sovereign, and his royalty is something that's far above natural thinking. This is so exciting to me. Literally right now inside, I'm like, I don't even know if I can go through all this. So he wants us to literally just, if we will be at peace with him, then we can begin to not judge one another, not compare ourselves to one another. If you see people that don't have peace, don't judge. And and if they're Christians and they're still walking, feeling crazy, don't judge. Move in close and say, you know, I've had times like that and I still have times like that where my mind runs rampant. It's so important that we let people know you're just human. But when you submit your humanness to God in these truths, this Romans 14, 17, the kingdom of God is not this natural feeling we have. It's righteousness and peace and joy. So this joy is the Greek word chara. It's so simple. It's cheerfulness, calm delight, calm delight. It's gladness. It's exceedingly joyful. It's not just ha 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 ha, aren't I happy? It's a strength that'll pull me to a place where he can cause my happiness. You see, when you begin to lean into righteousness, and then peace being joined to him, being made completely clear that you clean that you'll never the righteousness. You'll never have anything against you legally. The devil will lie to you. People might think you're naughty. You're this, you're that. I'm sure there are people that have relationships out in the world. They have relationships with Christians and those Christians have made them feel so dirty. And maybe where they're at is not a cool, clean place to live, but making them feel the weight of that, is that what God does to us? No. No. We do take the truth to Him. But you know, you have to build a relationship with people. Pastor Barry used to say, don't write a check on a bank account you have no money in. Christians love to go out there and judge people and tell them they're headed for hell. Really? Some of my thoughts are headed for hell. But He didn't acquit. You know, I mean, He acquitted me. He didn't count them against me. Um. Okay, so I'm going to read Romans 8. I'm going to end with this. Oh, gosh, I might actually do this. This is crazy. Isn't God good? See, he's so good. He knew how long worship and prayer and all that would be. So I'm going to read from um, Romans 8, and I'm going to read verse 1 all the way through verse 11, because here's the truth. It's actually so simple. So let's just read this, and then um, maybe I'll clarify its simplicity. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Do you know, sometimes walking in the flesh is just having a crazy thought that you're dirty scum and God doesn't love you. That's walking in the flesh. We always think it's some sort of heinous sin. It can be as simple as not realizing God loves you. But according to the spirit, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus which we get in the kingdom has made me free from the law of sin and death. Free from the, law. I'm free from it. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. That's it. If I remind myself, okay, Lord, in my brain, I'm not going to be able to understand this, but you have made me free from acting crazy, and you've brought me into Christ Jesus. Now I'm going to kind of zip through this because this is some uh, you know twisted, really strong theological talk from Paul. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh. He condemned it. He licked his fingers and wiped the slate clean. No longer on your chalkboard. That the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us. We didn't even live in the law. He says, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna fulfill it." For those of us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit, just let yourself learn to walk the way God wants. It's not some super spiritual, mystical thing. It's sometimes like Kathy quit thinking God's mad at you. For those who live according to the flesh, set their mind on the things of the flesh. If you're thinking about nothing but what you're doing wrong. Your mind is set on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the spirit, the implication is they set their mind on the things of the spirit. Setting my mind on the things of the spirit could be setting my mind on the fact that this is the kingdom of God. This is the domain that now I'm a citizen of and it's righteousness. I've been justified. It's peace. I'm one with God and it's joy. There's a strength and I can actually have peace in a happiness whereby I'm learning daily. How to not give in to human frailty for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Do you realize you begin to step into life and peace when you have thoughts, spiritual thoughts, the truth of scripture, God loves you. God's justified you. Those are spiritual thoughts because the carnal mind is enmity, which means at odds against God. For it's not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. Isn't that crazy that when you're having horrible thoughts about yourself or about somebody else, that just won't submit to God? Ever been mad at somebody and you just keep having those thoughts and you're just like, I don't care. This is the way they treated me and I am mad and I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get revenge. And you know, you know those roads we go down in our brain? Anybody ever go down those roads? Well, somebody's with me here tonight. I know that. (laughs) So then those are in the flesh. Those that are in the flesh cannot please God. It doesn't mean that he gets mad at you. It means you're not satisfying the covenantal place he wants you to walk. It's not like he looks at you and says, I am so mad at you, Kathy. You're just acting like a lunatic. You're a naughty child and blah, blah, blah. He's not pleased with me. Anybody ever had a parent not pleased with you? That's tough, isn't it? When the parent is mad at you. God doesn't do that with us. If he stepped away and turned away and was aggravated with us, who's going to save us in that moment? No, he's faithful, but you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he is not his in that moment. If you're literally stepping away from the spirit of God, it's like you remove yourself, but you remove your thinking. He doesn't turn his back on you. Okay, so let's look at this. This is actually so simple. This whole kingdom thing. It's really simple. We have now been made able to just lean into the inclinations of our spirit. You know, when you have the crazy thought or the vengeful thought or the tempted thought you can, and you have that, that other thought that says, mm, I shouldn't, but then you have that thought, mm, but I want to, but then you, and you've got that little debate going on. Anybody ever have those debates? I'm gonna put up both hands. Cause I have lots of those debates, just the debates. I mean, it can be anything like, you know, well, I know I'm supposed to be influencing people, but right now I'd like to punch people. But inside, I'm thinking, no, no, no. And I recognize it's not a healthy thought. It's not healthy for me or them. It's that simple, though, guys. It's that simple. Instead of going down this deep, dark, oh, let me repent, repent. No, just change your thought. He's right there to do it for us. So if something seems, this is the simplicity. Gosh, if you don't hear anything else tonight, if it seems wrong, don't do it. It doesn't matter whether it's illegal or not. Because basically Paul said nothing's illegal. However, not all things are profitable. Not all things are profitable. So if something, just begin to lean into God by trusting the inclinations of your reborn spirit. I shouldn't be thinking like this. Then stop thinking like that. Don't try to stop thinking like that. Take another thought. Go to God and say, I'm having crazy thoughts here. Sometimes for me, he'll just, well, that's okay. Now think about me. And I just switch my thinking to him. I don't say, try to make me not be mad at this person anymore. Did it it and go down that? That's a human road. That's in the flesh. No, just turn away and say, I'm not going. I'm not. Mm -mm." You know, sometimes we need to say to our thoughts, you are dead to me. If we will practice this type of living, it's called living in the kingdom. We will practice that kind of living. It'll get easier and easier and easier. Now, here's what I'm going to tell you. It's always going to have to be a practice. Like, there ain't no arrival point. Because we're human. And there's other humans on the planet. That's the problem. There's other humans around us that don't do it the way we think they should. And so we have these thoughts. And when we have those thoughts, and God says, that's really not kind to Kath. You're right, Jesus. I can do that now. I can say, you're right. Most of the time. Sometimes I'm still like, you ever like grit your teeth so much you think you might break a crown? (laughs) This is the power of the Holy Ghost. I went four minutes over. I apologize if you all think it should stop at nine. Um, But I'm going to pray and I, I want you to take some kind of salient thought from tonight. Take it home with you and realize Romans 14, 17 is giving us a picture to help us realize life with God is simple. When I say simple, I'm not saying easy. Because it goes against the grain of normal, fallen human thought. Right? Because remember, fallen human thought comes out of fear. So it's always, if somebody gets the best of you, get it back. Don't trust. Okay? So I'm going to pray. and. If there's anything from this tonight that impacted you, take it home. Think about it with Jesus. Practice just leaning into your inclinations that actually are convictions of the Holy Spirit. It's just him convincing us. It's him convincing me. Kathy, don't think like that. It makes you feel funky every time. So just don't go there. And I'm like, okay, I won't. It's that simple. If it seems wrong, lean away from it. Father, we thank you that you didn't try and confuse us with deep theological stuff. Your truth is deep, but you take us into these deep places to show us that it's really you that is the depth and you've made it simple for our brains because we do have human frailty. And so father, tonight I stand with every man and woman in this, this room. And I thank you that you are teaching us. You're teaching us how to walk freely In kingdom truth, how to live in your kingdom, this kingdom of righteousness and peace and joy. You're painting pictures for us. And I pray, Father, that in Jesus' name, people got actual pictures from each word. Pictures where you're going to open up and unpack for them these truths. But I thank you that it is easy. That when something seems off, it probably is. And so you'll help us walk away. We just honor you tonight, Father, for your presence, for your goodness, for your faithfulness, for your love. Thank you that you prepare our hearts to celebrate like never before on Sunday. And honestly, help us to celebrate that way every day. That we actually exist in the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ every day. I thank you, Father, that the Apostle Paul said to know the power of Jesus' resurrection. That was an aim in his life. And so, Father, I want to know the power of his resurrection for me personally in daily life. We just honor you and thank you for your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Love you guys.